0: Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus, age varies by jurisdiction, void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See slash B for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources.
1: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night. This is the Code of Conduct with the King Podcast. I am your host, Jay Spence the King, and I am back for the divisional round of the playoffs. And I am looking forward to Saturday night. I hope y'all ready, man. I've been talking all types of stuff to all these Ravens fans all week. I've been humble and hungry, but, you know, some of them get on or get under my skin. I know earlier this week, Tuesday, I had my cousin CJ on, and he he's a huge Ravens fan, and that is the energy. The energy he had, that's the energy that most Ravens fans have right now. It's the same energy that most of the national media has. And to be honest, it's the same energy that a lot of Bills fans seem to have going into this weekend. A lot of people seem to have already you know, forgotten that this Buffalo Bills team has improved greatly. Not just a little bit, greatly. A lot of people are already underestimating who Josh is and what he's done for the season. They think he's a turnover machine. He's going to throw three turnovers to Marcus Peters. I just got done watching a segment on Good Morning Football. And, and you know, Kay and well, not Kay. Kay actually didn't say much about it. But, you know, you had a couple guys, Peter Schrag, you know, he's talking about how, you know, Marcus Peters is that guy. And he's going to intercept Josh Allen or. Um, And then my man, Nate, my man, Nate jumped in. He's like, yeah, he'll fumble the ball too. He'll, he'll force fumbles. Okay. All right. We shall see. I'm, uh, you know, the game is tomorrow night. It is Friday. It is Friday, January 15th. Right now. I am looking forward to tomorrow night. So tomorrow night, we'll see. Uh, At the end of the day, we can, we can speculate. We can analyze. We can talk. We can do all the stuff that we do. And what it comes down to is you play the game. That's why we play the game. And, and I know it's a, a phrase, almost cliche-ish at this point, that people tend to use, you know, well, that's why we play the game. Because, you know, you do have times where, you know, you have the 1-14 in 14 Jets beat a team that is fighting for playoff position. Or you do have situations where, you know, it, it's, it's not what you're expecting it to be. And I just caution all of my Ravens friends all of my Ravens fans who may be tuning into this to kind of see what we're talking about. I'm not going to go on a limb and I'm not going to dog you guys. I'm not going to say that we're going to blow you out. I'm not going to say that you're no good. I think you guys have a very good team. I personally love Lamar Jackson. I think he at some point throughout his career should really, really, really focus, take a whole offseason or a couple offseasons and really focus on improving his passing from the pocket. But aside from that, I love Lamar Jackson. I think he's one of the most elusive. I think he's one of the most dynamic and and just freaking amazingly talented players that I've seen in my entire life. You know, he has, he has, it's like he's taken the Mike Vick effect to the next level. And, you know, he does have, he has an arm. So I think it's a misconception that Lamar Jackson can't throw. That's not true. The accurate statement to make is Lamar Jackson tends to do less well from the pocket if he has too much time. When he takes a quick and I think Joe Miller brought this up uh on the hump day hotline, if if he has a quick moment to just really take a three-step drop and that ball is out on the 3, if he's a five-step drop and it's out on the 5, he's dangerous. He's also dangerous when you allow him to break contain and he's still able to be behind the line of scrimmage. We saw against the Cleveland game or in the Cleveland game, I should say. We saw against Cleveland and in the infamous poop game when when Lamar went to go poop and then came back out so then we saw a play where he came in he scrambled out to the right and the cornerbacks came up because they thought he was going to run Hollywood Brown takes the catch runs it in for a touchdown So Lamar Jackson is very dangerous. The same way we look at Josh Allen in Buffalo and we say, hey, we like to let him get out the pocket and let him play backyard football. we like to see Josh Allen do these things with his legs. That's the same thing with Lamar. The difference with Josh this year that separates the two is that Josh is also passing at an elite level this year. Josh Allen is doing things that, you know, I don't have to, I don't have to go through the Josh Allen speech. This is the code of conduct. You've heard it all year. You've heard all year about how dynamic Josh Allen has been and how he's proven all of the doubters wrong. So I'm not going to do it again. Now at this point of the year, if you don't if you don't respect who Josh Allen is and you don't think that Josh Allen is great, and you know I I, I tend to caution more Ravens fans than not. So I have a jam-packed show for the for this episode. It's a special edition, so I wanted to do something special. Um, I have a couple guests. I actually have four guests joining me today. I have Mr. EJ Daniels joining me. He is a correspondent of PFF. He actually covers the bills for PFF. He's going to be joining me. We have, you know, also at the same time, so we're going to be going head to head with some things. We have the the Buffalo Bills legend, John Fina, great tackle that that played on some of those Super Bowl teams. And then for the second half of the show, we're going to switch some things up. I got one of my good friends, my brothers. He's joining me from the crossover network. Uh, he he's co-host one of four co-hosts to one of my favorite podcasts. Actually, it's not, it's not just like they don't talk sports all the time. They don't talk, they talk everything. They talk life. So one fourth of the, off the record podcast. And you know, I'm gonna tell you, if you don't listen to those guys, you probably want to check it out. I'll make sure I have him plug his show here. So he's gonna be joining me. And then I got my girl Tia Stell joining me too. She now listen, if you haven't listened to Tia Stell, after today, I guarantee you you're going to want to check her out. She is the co-host of Not Your Average Podcast in the 716. Listen, you wanna check her out. She got something special started I'm gonna make sure I push her. I'm gonna make sure we work with her and and it's about to go down. So Let's get it. This is a Jay Spence exclusive. All right, ladies and gentlemen, I already told y'all what's going on today. We got a special edition of the Code of Conduct because it's a special weekend. It is the divisional round of the playoffs, and my Buffalo Bills are hosting the... the, one. Actually, one of my favorite teams, so I'm not going to talk stuff. I was going to talk stuff, but I'm going to be all right with it. My man, Lamar Jackson, and the Baltimore Ravens are coming to Western New York, and I am looking forward to it, and I got two special people. I have... I'm going to start off with my man. I got my man, Mike, joining me from Off The Record Podcast. He's he's one-fourth of that podcast. He's a co-host there. He's also a big part of, of my family over at Crossover 365. What's going on with your big dog?
2: What's up, man? I appreciate you having me on, brother.
1: Man, it, it the pleasure is mine and the honor is mine. Like I've been we, we go back and forth all the time, like we talk and we share some good conversation, but I've been waiting to, to, to chop it up with you. So I appreciate your time. And then we got my home girl. Now I'm gonna tell you what, she she's she's my new home girl. So I don't know her, know her, <laughs> but I know her enough to know that she's gonna be my home girl. I got my girl, TS Dell, co-host and not your average podcast in the 716. What is going on?
3: What is up, everybody? What is up? What is up? I'm happy to be here. Thank you, thank you. Man.
1: Appreciate the- It is a good week. It's a good weekend. Heading oh into the weekend God. now. Yes. Tomorrow, we got my man Mike's team coming into Buffalo. I don't know if they're ready for Buffalo, and I ain't even <laughs> talking about the team yet. I'm talking about the city. I don't know if they're ready because for- <laughs> it's a different type of it's a different type of weather. It ain't gonna be as bad as like people try to make it seem. Mm-hmm. But from what I hear, Lamar just isn't used to uh, the elements. From what I'm hearing, Mike, how much truth is to, you know like what do you what do you What's your first thought and feeling when you hear like, "Hey, Lamar ain't never played in snow. We going to Buffalo, and it's supposed to give us a couple inches." What, what's your thoughts?
2: So, to be honest with you, man, I, I you know, we feel, like you said, we follow each other on Twitter. We go back and forth a couple times. I don't know if you've seen an exchange I had with a uh, Baylor, Baylor the Great. We were talking about the game, and you know, I told him, I said, "To be honest with you, that is my number one concern for this game: the weather, mm-hmm. because." he if you, if you go back to the New England game this year it was raining it was it was it was pouring down rain and like of course we lost that game and he just looked terrible he he looked like he wasn't interested in the game like it was just one of those things hey look bro we are gonna lose this one because I ain't feeling this weather <laughs> so to be honest with you man like that is at the top of my list for of concerns for this game going into this game the weather man
3: like um, doesn't he wear um Arm um, does he need
2: wear long sleeves? So sometimes, sometimes he does, and okay. I noticed. I noticed this game. I don't know if y'all peeped it, but in the second half of this game, he put a glove on this I last. yeah So I don't know if that's well. He said he jammed his thumb, and that's why he did it. So I don't know if that's going to be something that he's going to try to do going into this game with it being cold. Um, you know, because I peep. You know, I'm one of those guys that peep everything, and if mm-hmm. you look at Lamar, when we go into a cold city. Whenever he come onto the field, no matter if he, he coming out for up, yeah, and he got his hands in, the, in his in his warmers on in his jersey. He and always, be on the sideline. Like, he
1: got the big yeah. jacket on.
2: Like he be up in the joint. <laughs> yeah, you know he's a Florida guy. You know, so the Florida guys do <laughs> not be feeling that weather. Now it gets cold here. We get snow here in Baltimore, in Maryland, in the Maryland area. But like you said, man, that's a different beast up there in in, in Buffalo. So I am concerned about it, man. I'm not even gonna lie to you.
1: Well, T, let me ask you um, from the opposite perspective, because, you know, we're Bills fans. So, you know, with with the Ravens coming into Buffalo, you know, what is it that you're looking at for this game that's like, you know, because obviously we we both we'll all have our points that we're going to make that that will say why we think our team will win. But before right. we get there, I want to show some respect because I do think Lamar. Obviously, he was the MVP last season, and and that defense that they're bringing into town is not a slouch by any means. And that coach is a championship coach. So so what is it that you see when you when you look at the Ravens coming into Buffalo? What is it that you that that's on your mind first and foremost?
3: Well, you know, this is my thing with with this team is that. You're not gonna just come in and beat them down. Lamar is definitely that primetime player. You're gonna have to go toe-to-toe with them. You're gonna have to try to contain Lamar because you're not gonna stop him. It's just period. You're not gonna stop him. You're gonna try to have to you're gonna have to contain him somehow. You're gonna have to contain that tight end because he's gonna run rapid if you don't put some a body on him or something. And I'm I'm kind of afraid of the running back. I'm not gonna lie to you. And, yeah. And this big fullback, where he came from? <laughs> what is this? Who is this dude? Three hundred and eleven pounds. Like where they that make them of? at? Where they
1: make them at, man? They they created this dude in the lab somewhere.
3: Yeah. Come on, <laughs> that's that's my concern. Yeah, got a lot of big bodies. That's my mm-hmm. concern. And you well,
1: know, we're, man, not big like that. You said what, Mike?
2: My man, Pat
1: Ricard. Yeah, no, it's, it's real. I'm going to tell you now, the thing that my biggest concern is probably not the biggest concern for a lot of fans. Um, but I'm going to tell you what, if you're a fantasy football player, you know, in, in my opinion, including Lamar. And this is not a, a bad this is not a dig at Lamar because he was the MVP last season. The best player on that team is a guy by the name of Justin Tucker. And I'm going to tell you why this bothers me. If the game is close and it's the fourth quarter. And they got the ball last. Lamar don't have to score a touchdown. Yeah, uh-huh. All he got to do is get to like that 40-yard line, that 36, 37-yard line. Mm-hmm. And that means they go into the, the AFC Conference Championship game. Because that dude, Justin Tucker, when you talk about automatic, he's more automatic than the AK-47 right. in the wrong hands. Like, it is going down. Mm-hmm. And, and he's won fantasy leagues for me multiple times. Mm-hmm.
3: So is he the one who kicked the 60-something-yard field goal? Is that the, are you
1: talking about the kicker? The kicker, yeah. I'm sure he has kicked 60. I don't I know think, which. Chicken, I, think
2: you're Detroit, about? I think in Detroit, a couple years back, he kicked uh, was a yarder to win yeah. the 60 something yard of the win game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: He, uh-huh.
2: he, he, yeah. He's been yeah. our MVP for years, man. <laughs> like, and, and I know.
1: So, and, and the thing is, I feel like you know, a lot of times. Obviously, as football fans, and especially, you know, younger people, we play Madden, you know what I mean? So, like, we look at an offense, defense. Oh, you throw an interception, you got it. to – offense, defense. I am mm-hmm. a big – listen, I'm a big supporter of special teams. And and I know Mike follows me. He knows, like, all year I've been talking about my guy on special teams, Andre Roberts, extend Andre Roberts. I'm a big fan of special teams play. So, when you look at Justin Tucker, dude, how it's did amazing. y'all come across this guy, Justin Tucker, man? He's been he, – he's literally – the best player that I've seen yeah. play special teams in any regards in so long. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, you know, I, I remember Justin Tucker when he was in college, when he played at Texas and he was, he was pretty damn good at Texas. And um, we got him as an undrafted free agent that year he came out. And I think um, I want to say that was the year we had uh Cundiff. The next year, after kind of missed the, the kick up in uh, Foxborough, um, to go to the AFC Championship game, with <laughs> and so that next year we brought in and he beat him out. And mm-hmm. wow. I mean, he's been he's been a mainstay here. Like I don't know about in the areas um, you guys you know you guys are from or whatever, but here we have Royal Farms, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. he's like he's in all the Royal Farms commercials. Like he's like one of the 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 main names and big time players as far as uh, our favorite players in this area, but I'm glad we got him, man. And you know, like you said, uh Spence, you know, you I, I'm with the special teams too, you know, and I'm all about paying them. Hey, pay that dude. A lot of people was complaining in this area when he got the contract and I'm like, are you serious? Like he's kept us in he's I'm about to say game. he won
3: games. Like, yeah, like you can't like, yeah. you, mm. you, don't,
2: you don't complain about paying the best kicker in the league and and I think that goes down to you know the, the coach Harborough being a being a, a special teams coach in this league and having that eye for a talent and and he found a man undrafted. I'm glad, like I said, I'm glad that he chose to come here. But like you said, he's been automatic. Well, yeah, there was because, a lot,
3: wasn't there a lot of people um, upset that um, we got the kicker that we uh, got? That yeah. Well,
1: it, what I don't think is that they were upset at first. I think what ended up happening was because we had we had Stephen Hauschka and mm-hmm. um, we knew last year he was he was kind of on his way out and and the Bills yeah. were looking for a kicker like in season they were like bringing in yeah. kickers. So when we drafted him, it was kind of like the writing wasn't on the wall. But the first two games of the season, he missed some kicks early. You know, yeah, he, was was he was like, yeah, a, a lot of people were. And I'm and my biggest thing was and I so T let me ask you this question because this is this is how I see it. I feel like with quarterbacks, with running backs, with receivers, we allow them time to develop because mm-hmm. for instance, an incomplete pass is not the same as a missed field goal or an incomplete right. pass or or a or you know, Josh Allen fumbling the ball. Yeah, it's a turnover and it sucks, but it's not the same thing as a as a, a 15-yard shanked punt off your right. off your rookie punters. So we have less of a tolerance for special teams players. How do you feel about The way now, because you just brought up Tyler, how do you feel about the way he's developed? Like last week, he kicked a 54 yarder against the Colts.
3: Listen, after the Jets game, I was on. I was like, okay, that's the dude. He won that game for us. He could, he kicked what what was it?
1: Five, yeah, five, I think five or six. He had 18. Yeah, so five, he had eight. I can't count today he had 18 points he kicked six field goals
3: right so I was on I was like okay let me give this kid a chance because I was done after the first two games because listen I understand you're a rookie I get it and me personally I'm I'm a scorn freaking fan because I've been through it so I have no time for your mess either you in or you out but listen he has shown he is no rookie anymore I'm I'm on the best um, yeah.
1: bandwagon for sure. Yeah, for sure. He ain't no rookie. He, you know, you go through the season and you do what you did. Like you said, the Jets game, he basically won that game for us. Um, Absolutely. You know, the offense wasn't rolling like we're used to seeing them for the rest of the season that we got to see. Um, but at the same time, this is why I'm worried. So last week, I just we're we're talking about special teams and we can move on. But we we're talking about special teams. The kicker for for the Colts missed that field goal. We yeah. won by three points. So you're looking at the Ravens. Tucker's not missing that field goal. But also isn't the indie
3: kicker also a good kicker too,
1: though. I feel like he was having some issues coming into the game. I think like the last two or three weeks, he had had a couple kicks that that weren't quite as, you know, like you know, and so I feel like the pressure was on him in that moment because he knew, like, Mm -hmm. hey, I've been messing up. I gotta make this, I gotta make this. And I feel like that's what it was.
2: Okay. Okay. I mean, to be fair, though, Tuck missed one last week. He missed one. Yeah, yeah. he missed one to put us, I think, uh, I think that would have put us up 16. I mean, not 16. I'm sorry. Would have put us up by six, I think.
3: Okay. Um, But also, too, this is playoffs and nerves and tightness and all that is different. Look how, listen, look how the Bills played last week. Everybody thought that the Bills was going to come in and roll this team over. It's different. Everything is tight. You win. You go home. Period. So, it's in the back of their mind, they also think about Houston. You know, so
1: yes yeah, no, you don't want to relive that that loss last year in the playoffs. So, but the you press know was trying and, to
3: give it away. They were trying yeah. to give it to them.
1: Yeah, they 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 tried a little bit. <laughs> they definitely did. Well, Mike, <laughs> let me ask you this, man, because you know, in in the midst of everything that's going on, the NFL every year it seems like going back to you can probably go back to. Marino Kelly even before it in you can go back to whoever you want to go back to in the 70s and 80s it's always a quarterback versus quarterback storyline so course. this year we got two quarterbacks that were supposed to switch positions based off of what everybody else was saying yes. Josh Allen was supposed to be a tight end Lamar Jackson was supposed to be a running back or a wide receiver they wanted him to run some routes at the combine not, I did a segment on my podcast earlier this week that said, not bad for a running back and a tight end. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm extremely proud of both. Before we get, you know, yes. like I said, I'm going to talk my mess because that's it's fun. But <laughs> in reality, dog, I'm so proud of Lamar Jackson. Yes. What has it been like for you seeing him get drafted three years ago and turn from uh, the guy that everybody thought was supposed to switch positions to now, last year he was the MVP, and now he led his team to the playoffs again when everybody thought that they were done after like week five, week six?
2: It's been amazing, man. So listen, th- in this area, we we have been missing that exciting, you know, it, it, I, I, so our identity, we all know. We, when you think of the Ravens, you think of Ray Lewis, you think of the 2000 defense, you know. It, so we were known as a defensive team. Offensively, we were always known as that, nah, you know. And then we had Flacco, and Flacco, Flacco took us to a title. But Flacco... Uh, and I appreciate everything that he's done For, for the team and the city But Flacco just He was what he was Right mm-hmm. you know It, it was we, We've had game manager style quarterbacks For a long time here You know and it's that It's always been that Hey mm-hmm. just don't mess the game up right. <laughs> You yep. know what I mean We got it Don't yeah, turn the ball it, okay. over yeah, we it, got so, okay. it. so to have someone now Who you can put the ball in their hands and they can make a play that not many people in this league can do, or not many people that we've seen do. Uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's it's put some excitement in this city um, that we haven't had for the football team in a long time. And I, if we go back to that draft, I was, I was about to be done with the Ravens, man. I, I was about, cause they, they, uh, they took, um they took Hurst, the tight end.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
2: Um, and I was like, man, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> and I'm texting my homeboys and I'm like, yo, this I'm done. I'm done with this team. And then on the screen, it said we traded back into the first round. And I'm like, this better be Lamar. This <laughs> better be it. Yeah. Because nobody was looking at him. <laughs> yeah. they. They. I mean, he had got passed up and I'm like, listen, the only reason we trade him back in, it gotta be this guy. And this was Ozzy's last draft. And I'm like, Ozzy, got to go out with a bang. You yeah, have you to do it. And when he took Lamar, I was like, OK, I'm, I'm, I'm back. I'm back. And to be honest, man, just to see him mature, because when he first, you know, he first got here when he when he I think eight games into the season, his rookie year, he was put in and I mean, we won. We were winning games with him, but he wasn't. He wasn't that great at uh, passing the ball. It was just different for everybody in the league. They haven't seen this, so they ch- they more chasing him around than it's in, than anything else. And to see him go from that to their second year, uh, you know, becoming the MVP, you know, until now, it's just it's just great. It's a great thing to see. And I'm sorry for rambling, but no, it's, no, it's, it's that excitement, man. I'm I'm glad that we have him, man. It's a beautiful sight for us. Bruh, I Omar can relate. That guy. I'm,
1: sure, I'm sure T can. can and I'll, I'll throw this question to her. You know, I'm sure she can relate because, you know, like you said, we've had game managers for so long in Buffalo as well. We, you know, we at the drafts that, you know, we had E.J. Manuel and there's no, no, I was an E.J. Manuel fan. I love E.J.
3: I was uh, still until he got knocked out on the side and he just got shell shot.
1: And you know what? And that's what happened. He he got injured. They pulled him, and they never put trust in him again. And they never tried to develop him. You know, they brought right. in Randy Orton or Randy or Kyle Orton, or whatever the guy's name is. Yeah, and, right. And right. He, I get it. He had an arm, but you you gave up on your first round draft pick. You know, Man. we had Tyrod Taylor, who was with you guys out there in Baltimore. He yeah. won, he was the back yeah. to Joe Flacco when you guys won a Super Bowl.
3: Time management and yes, he completed passes and everything, but he never he never threw the ball down the field. Cause he was afraid of, he not afraid. He didn't trust his well, defenders. Say, he, didn't, he didn't trust his eyes.
1: Yeah, Cause his first year with Buffalo, when he had Sammy Watkins and he had Percy Harvin, the, the he was, he was laying it out there that very first That's drive. Right. I don't know if you remember the very first drive of the game, he threw like a 50 yard bomb to Percy Harvin for a touchdown. And, and at yes. that moment I was like, oh shit we, got, we, here.
3: we got our here <laughs> i
1: was like oh we got it and then it yeah. was like not that it was like eh, and you know
3: what happened like what happened
1: well what happened was sammy watkins got injured he broke his foot and then uh percy harvin had a, a hip injury so it kept the two deep you know receivers out right. and then um but wait let me get back on point I, I gotta ask you the question because I, I, I went on a tangent my bad sorry, see sorry. how easy that is for me to do yeah. i get distracted but so the, the point that i was about to make to mike and then swing it over to you is that yeah when in that draft, I'm going to be honest with you, man, I didn't want Josh Allen. You know, I didn't want the Buffalo Bills to draft Josh Allen at seven. Um, In my mind, Josh Allen was the the rawest quarterback in the draft, which he was. In my mind, Josh Allen was the most inaccurate quarterback in the draft, which he was. And he just he hadn't won games. He He went to Wyoming. It wasn't the sexy school. It wasn't the sexy pick. I wanted Lamar Jackson because I saw what he did at Louisville, you know, Louisville, Harvard people. I know people down there pronounce it differently than they do in New York. So I don't want to tick nobody off, but he was dynamic. Where did you stand that year in the draft? did you want Lamar? Did you want Baker? Did you, Like, how did you want that to fall for the bills?
3: It's so crazy because I knew we were not going to get um, Lamar Jackson because of how we had Tyrod mm-hmm. and I knew they weren't looking for that. So I was like, all right, and not, like, a black and white thing. Um, I was I was aiming for, this is so crazy, Josh Rogan. Right is his name?
1: Rosen, yeah. I mean, Rosen. we all forget Rose. it because he's not even, well, now he's on the 49ers. So, <laughs> but yeah, yep.
3: Okay. Anyway, but yeah, I was like, he's more accurate than Josh because Josh was just not the dude. Like, he was everywhere. He couldn't complete. He was very inaccurate. And I was I was like, I don't, I can't we need a quarterback now. We need somebody to come in and fix this team now. We don't need somebody that we we need like help in all this other stuff. We need somebody that can come in, complete passes, to be a quarterback, to understand the schemes, to understand his role. We just didn't need Josh Allen. So when we when chose him, I was like, "Oh man, really?" Another another like five years of bullshit. That's what I thought.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna be so. honest. That's kind of where I was too, Um, because it's like you know. And and now I'm happy I was wrong. Obviously, um, Josh Allen has developed into this season. If if Aaron Rodgers was not in the league, Josh Allen would have yep. been the MVP. And yes. and to say that a Buffalo quarterback is runner up for MVP is blowing my mind. It's blowing my mind. Uh, Mike let me ask you this now so let's get into the game I know we had a quick moment we talked about like you know coming into Buffalo what's your first thoughts let me ask you this what is your what the, the most important key to victory for your team like what do you think they have to do um, you know they can bend but don't break in certain areas but this you got to do it
2: they gotta stick to the game plan we tend to and this is what I thought was going to happen last week because it happened last year in the playoffs We get behind and we tend To lose our mind it could be 10 Points it could be 7 points It's <laughs> we get Behind and it's like oh Shit like <laughs> let's Just crap everything we got To go and it's like and I was So proud last week that they didn't Do that because I I Was like man here we go after you Know they scored then Next drive Lamar throws the interception I'm like here we go they score again. They up ten nothing, and I'm like, they about to lose their mind.
3: Lamar they was ha- frustrated that game
2: too. Oh yeah, yeah. And he was, and he said after the game, I don't know if y'all caught his his uh his post game interview. He, he he cursed. He was like, I threw that dumbass. This- I mean, I'm sorry, but, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but it, it's main thing sticking to the game plan. We and and everybody knows in the world we're a running team, so we have to try to establish the run. And, and try to establish dominance there because that opens everything else up for us. Well, that's number one.
1: Let me ask you this. Um, and then, and after this, then we'll switch back to T. Cause I, 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 I've, I got a feeling she's gonna say the same thing that I've been or that I'm thinking. Um, last year we played you guys in Buffalo.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Now, both rosters actually look different, they really do. Um, if you really want to be honest about it, but. What is it from that game that you take away that you feel like, okay, this was the good thing that we did, but this is what we got to stay away from too. Like there's things that Buffalo did in that game that you don't want to see again.
2: So again, the, the, the number one thing is I don't here Our fans are getting caught up in that Josh Allen that we saw last year. Mm-hmm. Right, yeah. I think they feel like we shook him up. but and, and one thing that our defense does and and I think it's a testament to Wink Martindale. When it's a young quarterback, a young quarterback can come into uh, this city or we go into their town and we play them and they could be balling lights out up until they see us and we have the ability to shake up a young quarterback, confuse them because, you know, we come with these exotic blitzes, dropping back, all of this Mm -hmm. stuff, and sometimes it plays, you know, it plays in our favor, but it plays in the psyche of a young quarterback people here are tending to look at that game and say, oh, well, we kind of got in Josh Allen's head, and I'm like, yo, this is a different guy now. (laughs) Like, this is a different guy. So, I kind of use that, man, to be honest with you, Spence. Like, we can't get caught up in how Josh Allen looked in that game. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Like, I do think that we have to come in and we have to do something similar, right? And that's show him different looks, you know, try to confuse him, try to get him off his game, hit him, of course. He's a big guy, so we gotta, you know, it it reminds yeah, me, you know what, it reminds, this game puts me in mind of us going to Pittsburgh to play Big Ben. Mm-hmm. Like, another big quarterback, you know, and the big thing, the main thing when we're playing Big Ben, even though it's a rivalry game, like, we gotta hit him. We gotta touch him up, you know what I mean, hit him up early, so that's it, That's that's it. I mean, like, I agree with you. This this is a totally different roster. I mean, y'all got my guy, Diggs, from he Merlin guy. Y'all got my guy. So y'all didn't have that last year. And that's a, that's a huge piece. That and we, we, got, and, that and we yeah,
4: got
3: that rookie. we got
2: that rookie. That that kid that kid is a beast too. So it's we we can look past that. We cannot look past it. So honestly, I'm looking at it as a clean slate game, man. Two different teams. I'm not even looking at last year's game. I want to. I wish I could say, oh, man, last year we beat him. We did this. It's going to work again. I'm not falling for that, man. I think y'all are a completely different team. I think Josh uh, Allen, he he matured to being damn near an MVP quarterback. And I'm not falling for and Y'all got, and Y'all got the best receiver in the game right now. I'm not falling for anything. Of last year, <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> you know, I appreciate your honesty, man. I had my cousin on here on the show earlier this week, and he he's a Ravens like, he's a crazy Ravens fan. And all he's oh, y'all barely beat the Colts, we gonna smack y'all because we smacked the Colts, y'all barely beat it. And y'all, di-. I said, Listen, man, I said, You can't, first of all, the matchups are different, you can't go on. That. I said, Because if that's the case, we beat the Patriots twice, and y'all took an L to the Patriots, yep. so what you're yep. really saying,
3: yep. but he yeah. ain't gonna you're, you're. I know, you're, I know. You know what I mean? It, that's know, emotional stuff. Like, this game is gonna be, it's gonna be tight. We're gonna so be.
1: We're, well, what do you think then? The same question to you, but from a Bills perspective. What is it that you, you know, feel like is the the absolute must that we have to do in order to make sure we win this game? And and what is it that you feel like we can take from last year's game, um, to to apply to this week and and hopefully come out with a W?
3: I actually looked at last year's game, and I was just shocked. I, you guys are a blitz blitzing team. Like you will come at the quarterback nonstop. Josh didn't handle that well at all. This year is different. He knows how to pick those blitz apart, and he got you know Cole Beasley now, and that that um that connection is different now. And he also now has digs, like you said. But um, I take away that we need to throw the ball, right? We because our run game. Is just not there. But last year, I don't like to go back to last year, but also last year, um, Singletary had some good runs. Mm -hmm. We lost that boy. But if we can just – my whole thing is contain freaking Lamar. That's my whole thing. Contain Lamar, contain that run, and we'll be fine. But, you know, I also think special teams is going to play a big part in this game. I do. I think Andre Roberts is going to play a big part of this game. And your 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 special teams also it's it's, it's a balance. I think this team, this this game is so balanced. It's scary. It really is. So mm-hmm. it's, it takes like this one mistake to happen and it'll flip the game and flip the score and it's like oh now you down you lost by 7 or you lost by 3. Yeah. Cuz it's yeah. that close. It's that close.
1: Well, to T's point, she she mentioned you know the the Ravens are a blitz heavy team and and actually they they blitz league best thirty percent of the time. And Mike, I just um I just DM'd you a, a a screenshot that I sent to my cousin earlier. So it said that the, the number one blitz heavy team with, is the Ravens at thirty percent. Josh Allen versus the blitz, nineteen touchdowns. That's first in the league. One thousand eight hundred and fifty yards. That's first in the league. And thirteen big time throws. That's third in the league. So. I feel like at this, this game is just going to be interesting, man. It's a chess match because it's, it's really going strength against strength. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I I don't know what to expect, man. I'm, I'm, I tell you what, I'm going to enjoy it. I know I'm going to be, I'm going to be tripping. I might need to uh, crack open some crown early, kind of, kind of get myself right. But, but man, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be a, it's going to be a good one. So let's get predictions going. And uh, unless because you know we we got a good show today. I, like I said, I got my man John Fina. We got my man from PFF joining us too. So Mike, let's start with you. Let's get your prediction and and maybe a stat, a stat line for your quarterback.
2: Okay, so <laughs> I'm I'm gonna go. I'm gonna I'm the game's gonna start physical. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be a knock. I mean, it's gonna be a fight. They drag out knockdown fight until team today get a feel for each other. Then I think you'll see the offenses open up. The offenses start doing their thing, putting points on the board. I'm like I said, I'm a little shaky on the weather, so it, affect, it this may affect my score. Um let's say this. If the snow comes like they are saying, <laughs> then I'ma say I'ma say twenty four twenty one us. If it ends up not being as bad then I'ma say I'ma say thirty twenty-seven. I think it I think it'll end up being, you know, I think it's gonna be close either way, but I think it'll end up being weather permitting, some points eventually being put on the board. I think Lamar again, <laughs> if it's snow on the ground <laughs> <laughs> if it's snow on the ground, then I think Lamar will be you'll see a lot of runs from Lamar. So I'ma mm-hmm. say I'ma say a buck fifteen on the ground rushing from Lamar. One rushing touchdown. And I'ma say one eighty in the air.
3: And that's with snow. That's with snow. Okay.
2: And a touchdown. No snow. I'm going to keep it at 115 on, on the ground Because um, I think I think we're going to give a heavy dose of, of the Gus bus On Saturday
1: but So no wait f- Gus Let Edwards ask- or Dobbins yeah. Gus, yeah. Gus Edwards Okay, okay. Um, See I thought I thought Dobbins would be the focal point this week Just based off of how he's been sure. playing Like I know yeah. I, I love Gus too Like I know Gus is a beast But I'm just saying lately the momentum that, that Your boy Dobbins got man Like that's insane it, It's yeah. just insane The oh, three headed monster yeah. y'all got yeah,
2: yeah. I, crazy. I, he he. Of course, he's gonna be a part of the game plan plan. But I think when it comes down, if it's you know that cold weather, man, you need it's you different. need that that back that power back that's going that you know that's gonna pound you. You are gonna feel it. it's gonna wear you down a little bit. And I think Gus is that guy. I was upset that they didn't he didn't get more carries last year, last week. Yeah. You know, I thought that he should have. I mean, Dobbins played well, but I thought Gus when he did get his time, he was gashing a little bit and he.
3: He was actually my fantasy um um player. Okay, yeah, yeah. So I,
2: I wanted to see him get a little more, but no, no, no snow. He'll have still 115, one rushing touchdown, but then we'll go two hundred in the air, two touchdowns. Okay. And right. Hollywood have one of those, and then you gotta we got to we we, we got to hit you with Mark Andrews somewhere no. down there catching the other one. You know of what? Course. I'm, I'm going to switch it. My man, Dad's going to get one. This hey,
1: week. Yeah. it ain't going to happen, gonna... but I'm going to throw the X up. <laughs> Damn. I'm going to throw it
2: up oh, for no. Dad real forgot, quick.
3: I forgot he's playing. Man, We're
2: going to throw the X up this week, so Dad's
1: going to get one. Yeah, Uncle Dad's playing, man. He in there. <laughs> yeah. I love Dad's. Again, I you know, it, it sucks. In, a, in one way, it sucks because, you know, I want to beat y'all. You know what I mean? Like... I can't I can't lie about that I'm a Bills fan but right, right. the Absolutely. thing is yo I completely there's so many players on your squad that I love like when I tell you I've rooted for the Ravens well because the Bills have been like mediocre or, or like just below average mm-hmm. for so long so when the playoffs happen I, I would find a team to root for and I'm telling tell you, it was the Ravens man like so when I tell you I fully respect your franchise I respect your team and your quarterback I mean it. it's just that this weekend y'all my enemy but but for the most part <laughs> Yo, I respect the hell out of that roster. So, you T, know, oh, go ahead. I have
2: to cut you off, man, but you know what? Going into this week, I think the media is trying to find something to, you know, make these teams, trying to find that chalkboard material for these yeah. teams. It ain't and both teams it's have had, there. had positive things to say about each other, like Lamar and Josh Allen, and this, and Josh great Allen. Things about each other. You know what I mean? So it's like, yo, listen, we respect them. You know what I mean? They, they play hard. It's just gonna be yeah. one of those it's things. Same class. The Why? Yeah. Would they just,
3: like, come on.
2: Yeah, and it's so it's. I think it's just. I think it's a lot of respect in between both organizations, mm-hmm. the coaches, staffs, down to the players. But I think they know. I mean, both teams got a. They got a mission, and they they trying to get that championship. And I think we're looking at that class for quarterbacks being. Ending up being one of the best that we've seen ever
3: finally. Yeah.
2: It's it's gonna I think I think it's gonna go down as one of the best quarterback class classes
1: ever. I mean, even if if Rosen does nothing and you know, and and you know, however his career ends up, Mm -hmm. you know, just the fact that you got Baker playing well. I don't like Baker, but he's playing well. You got Lamar playing well. You got Josh playing well. You know, like, you you got these guys that that are really doing – and I think Sam Darnold's career, c- career can still be – it was Adam Gase. He's a horrible coach. Awesome. You saw what happened with Tannehill, and then he we went gotta to – do
3: another podcast Yeah, Yeah, yeah we do. Because- we, we,
1: you know what? We're going to get both of y'all <laughs> back on. We're going to talk about Tannehill, Adam Gase. We're we going to go through it. So, T, same thing. Let me get your prediction and throw me a stat line for Josh.
3: Okay. Well, I said my pred- pred- ah, prediction before 37 – 37, 31 – to 30, but I'm going to change it because if the weather is where they're saying it's going to be, I'm going to go 21-17. Um, um, Josh Allen is going to throw 320. He's going to run for 75 yards. Um, two Russian touchdowns. Um... So I said 21, right? So I'm going to throw a Knox in there, a Knox touchdown. Nice. I'm i am saying – I'm really saying that Knox is going to be the change, of the um, a difference maker in this game. Okay. I believe.
1: Well, yeah. I'm hoping that your prediction is right more so than Mike's because Mike got me messed up over here talking about <laughs> they're going to come into Buffalo and beat my Buffalo Bills. I'm going <laughs> – I'm going uh, Buffalo Bills. I'm going to go 35 to 31. I still, like I said, I respect them boys. I think I think Lamar is going to do amazing things. I think he's going to control the clock. I think he's going to make it real difficult for the Buffalo Bills to stay on the field, the field like we like to do. But what I think is going to come down to in that second half, the third quarter for us has been that quarter where we typically go out and put our pedal to the metal and and try to, you know, just try to come out and punch teams in the face. So I think mm-hmm. that um I think the adjustments and we all know Greg Roman and I love Greg Roman, but part of the problem that we had with him in Buffalo was that if you get punched in the face. And and you got and you got a team that can run. He doesn't know how to really take that hit on the chin and then turn around and say, "Okay, I'm gonna blast you with the same thing." He doesn't know how to do that. So I, I'm yeah. banking on the fact that Greg Roman is your offensive coordinator. Yeah,
2: yeah. Hey, listen, I can't argue that with you. He showed it. He showed it last year. I mean, like I said this last week, he kept he stuck to the plan. But last year, man, and and, and even earlier this year, when we were going through our slide, man, if, if we went down we were down by. Any amount of points, man. He he tends to, I guess, freeze up, or I I don't know. I don't think it's him. The, the
3: knock on you guys is that if you get down, you you're done. That's yes. the knock. On you yes.
2: guys. That's the knock. If we down, We they say we aren't a team built for come for comebacks. Mm. So that's why you know if you listen to all the pregame, you know they said it last week. They said they they kind of they're not saying it as much this week because they did come back last week. But right, it's something crazy like. We're like I, I, the record, I mean, it's under 500 that mm-hmm. when we're down by 10 or more points. Um, where our record is something horrible. So, yeah. you know, once we went down by 10 last week, it was like, all right,
1: yeah. They, oh, so, y'all, y'all, the fan base probably, you know, y'all felt it was done.
2: A lot of people did, man. I mean, wow. I thought I was like, here we go. I thought I'm like, here we go.
1: Yeah. I'm gonna be honest in, in the bills because I was at the game last week so at the bill stadium man, when when um, in the fourth quarter when when that it happened where they got the ball back and we were up 27, 24, the Colts were driving you would be shocked how many fans were in the stadium was like Oh, That's it. All right. Might as well. I was like, are you kidding me. We got Josh Allen this year. Our defense is different this year like we won the division this year stop being an abused fan base man. I, know, yeah. I,
2: thought, I, I thought about you too, man. Watching the game, I'm like, I know, I, I knew that you said you was gonna be there, and I'm like, man, I wonder if he bugging out, like you know, in the beginning of the game and when they went down because it started off they they scored first, right?
1: Yeah, they they went up, they went up on us. Yeah,
2: I'm like, I wonder, I wonder, if Spence out there bugging out, man, because, because, or is, or is he keeping it cool? But
1: yeah, man, it, it's. Well, see, I'm gonna keep it, button and then we can go. I'm gonna keep it, button. I, I'm cool-headed when it comes to it because, like, this whole season, I, I and I got receipts. Like, I got podcasts going back to like March <laughs> that mm-hmm. that I got receipts. Like, I knew Josh Allen was gonna be different this year because I I saw I saw a ton of clips from his workouts, and and his workouts was different. So I knew Josh already had that winning factor. Last year, he led the league in fourth-quarter comebacks, mm-hmm. so he mm-hmm. had that before he fixed his passing. Like, he was still. Yep inaccurate last year and he was doing that. We picked up Stephon Diggs and he was working like that. I knew it was going to be a different it was offer. Over. It so,
3: was over.
1: And then this season we used to have third quarter issues now we come out slow now it's like we come out because in a way our offense feels like yo we all right we know we can score whenever we want let's see what y'all gonna do and then we'll kind of what so that's how they play and then the third like I said the third quarter used to be our issue and now it's like all right forget what y'all talking let's just go ahead and end this so I really didn't have that concern and if you notice last week in the third quarter and and really beginning of the fourth quarter is when Josh and Gabriel Davis and Steph Diggs started doing that thing that they do and then we went up and the Colts made a comeback, but but we put it so far out of. Well, if they would have made that field goal, it would have been tied and going to overtime. But, you know, no, I, I wasn't worried at all. I was I was actually for real like, yo, y'all need to stop chill. Y- you know, y'all, y'all need to chill. Y- right. Being around me, y'all can't be like
3: that. Right. <laughs> right.
1: Absolutely. But, yo, I want to thank you both for coming on. Uh, why don't you both take a moment? So, T, take a quick second, real quick. Plug your show. Tell everybody where they can find you on Twitter, Instagram, or wherever you at.
3: Hey y'all! This is you know what is not your average podcast in the seven one six. I am on Spotify, Anchor, Google Play. I'm on a lot of places. Just tap, tap it in, type it in, and um yeah um listen, I I talk about the Buffalo Bills, sports, music, um everything that's going on in life. I talk about it. I hit it. Me and my um my boy Mike, Big Mike. So yeah, and I'm yes. on Twitter. I was, about to say, what's
1: your, what's your, I was just about to say, what's your handle? So say it one more time so they can hear you. See you still. On All right. Twitter. Let's get it. So, hey, everybody, y'all support that Not Your Average podcast in the 716. I've listened to a couple episodes because I just like I said, I just met her day on point. Day on point. I wouldn't have her on if she wasn't legit. Right. Mike, what it be My like? man? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about Crossover three three uh, 365 and, and what you got going on with, with your podcast.
2: So, yeah, man. You know, Spence is a part of the crossover family. You can find and check us out at crossover365, or you can check out the website at uh, crossoverpodcast.com. You know, you know, at podcast, man, I, I like to say it's that one stop shop where you can find sports and culture all in one place. So we got it all for you. We got a dope lineup of podcasts and a dope uh, lineup of content creators. And we just trying to build, man. We, you know, we, we also say, we aren't looking for seats at the table. We build now on table. So that's what we're doing over there at Crossover. And like I said, Spencer I like knows that. what's up. He knows what's up, what we're doing over there. And again, we appreciate him for, for supporting us and being a part of that. And then, of course, you know, we have the podcast, Off the Record Podcast, where, you know, we touch on everything from mental health to um, the, your latest trending topic. Um, we touch on a little bit of everything. And then we also have OTR Sports which is, you can find um, some sports episodes on under our Off The Record tag, but we are now, and this is hot off the press, we are now moving OTR spot, Sports to its own platform, so hey. you'll be able to find it separately from the Off The Record platform, but we're on every uh, social media. You can follow me at OTR underscore Mike. You can find the podcast on all your podcast streaming services. We everywhere, man. Check us out, please, and follow us. We follow back. We 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 chop it up. We do all of that. So check us out.
1: Let's get it, man. Like like Mike said, I'm I'm part of I'm part of that family. Uh, the, my basketball pod. I, I got to reach out to Alex. I am going to talk to. Him. I'm actually as soon as I get off of this, I'm gonna reach out to him. But. The basketball pod, I promise y'all, is coming back. So so look for that. It's going to be real soon because my Lakers is already smacking boys in the mouth. So <laughs> look for that. And matter of fact, shout out to my man Alex anyway. If y'all don't follow Laker Central, I'm going to just tell yeah. y'all, y'all, if you're a Laker fan on any level and you don't follow mm-hmm. Lakers Central 365, you are missing out on the best content in the world when it comes to the Los Angeles Lakers. <laughs> Spence exclusive. First guest, everybody should know him, and if you don't know him, I'm going to need you to go and figure it out. We have Buffalo Bills legend, tackle John Fina. Mr. Mr. John, do me a favor real quick, man, because like I just said, they should know you. If they don't, why don't you just spit off a little bit of your resume for them and let them know just exactly who you are.
4: Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> played at the University of Arizona in Tucson, Arizona. Drafted first round by the Buff 1992 and spent two, well, a whole decade Uh, with my beloved Bills and left there in 91 spent one year with the Arizona Cardinals but uh, to be fair my heart and my uh, fandom resides in Buffalo New York a town that I just absolutely love I lived on Lafayette near Delaware and um, you know I tell people that one of the most beautiful and intriguing cities in the world is Buffalo New York and you get that look you know that look but uh, yeah, <laughs> I love playing there. I love competing there. I love the people of the area. And um, it's one of the best parts of my life. So oh. you actually lived, you lived in the city. Wow. Yes, sir. My first apartment was on Linwood between Utica and Ferry. And um, moved over to Lafayette. Wow.
1: So so for Bills fans who may be in different cities or Bills fans who may be in different areas just in general and not really uh, privy to, what areas he's talking about um these are not like suburban areas with the big huge houses and uh gated communities and all of that stuff this is where uh pretty much where i grew up so 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 john you know thank you for for your continued love to the community and and i appreciate how you interact on twitter and everything too with the fan base man it's so refreshing to to really be able to just have access to somebody like you and you know i just want to say thank you publicly before we go further in the show
4: it's, uh it's really been a great time. Uh, the Bills Mafia are wonderful people. They're funny, they're creative. Um, you know, they give up a little bit of their life. And I don't, you know, I don't give up a lot of mine. But I, I, I like to uh, give a nod when, when people are positive, I guess, let's just say positive.
1: You know, for sure. So EJ, my other special guest, my man EJ yes, is joining us from PFF Buffalo. Um, now you reside in, in Rochester, which is still Bill's Mafia. That's still, yes, part, of the, that's still part of home. So uh, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit and run off your resume? Because apparently, you know, to, to get down with PFF, you got to be a big deal. So just let some folk know just about you before we jump into this interview.
5: <laughs> big deal that's that that's kind of a lot but uh <laughs> i do um i uh excuse me i run the pff bills account obviously for pff um i'm a pff data collector also so you know on sundays when all the games are over we collect i collect data for you know the blocking metrics that you see the past blocking metrics the passing grade that josh allen has a career high in this year so i i collect uh, all that data so um, I just I've been doing the uh, PFF Bills Twitter account for about uh three seasons now and I love it and I've been just uh connected with people in Bills Mafia just to try to you know introduce myself and just let the people know like who's behind that account just so it's not like a nameless face
1: and, and see so it's good to to have this um interaction with you because like you said a lot of times it's a nameless face they just see the the title or the you know, the brand of PFF and Bill's right. fans are triggered. So exactly. I want to be able to allow people to see like, Hey, there's a member of Bill's mafia who's actually part of PFF doing this. So now, Hey, let's, let's put the swords away, man. Let's, let's, let's uh let's, let's show EJ some love. Let's show PFF some love. They've, they've started to kind of jump. I don't want to say jump on the bandwagon, but they've started to see Um, they, they started to see it the way Bill's mafia saw it. We have reasons for that. And EJ and I will talk about that a little later on, Absolutely. but you know, they're, they're on our side. So, hey, let's, let's get some love for, for PFF going here. So, but let's jump right into the interview. I, I'm really excited about this weekend. Um, so, I'll start off with you, John. Last week, the Colts, I felt the defense of the Colts had a better matchup on our offense than a lot of people expected. You know, I, I feel, you know, a lot of people just thought because the, throughout the season, it kind of looked like their cornerbacks weren't as good or it looked like their secondary weren't as good. But I really thought it was going to be, you know, a, a chess match. This weekend, I don't quite feel the same way, even though the Ravens tend to tout, you know, one of the best really cornerback duos in the league and really defenses just in general. I kind of think that we match up a little bit better. What is your outlook on the the chess match between the offense of the Buffalo Bills and the defense of the Baltimore Ravens?
4: Well, you know, just looking back for a second, I think no one should be surprised that Frank Reich and, his OC and DC had a great plan, and, and they executed beautifully. Time of possession for them, um, they did great between the twenties, but not so great in the red zone. That's a that's a win for Buffalo. Uh, I imagine, <clears throat> you know, they're you're going to see not a dissimilar plan from Baltimore. I mean, they're incredibly physical, and I, I, I like their defensive front four, and like you said, with the cornerbacks behind it, you know, what are they going to do with the middle of the field? Is really where I see. Um, You know, the biggest opportunity. We haven't had an established run game um, to kind of threaten with play action. So, you know, do we try to establish the run game so we can establish play action? Or are we just going to look at using our running backs more as outlet as a kind of a modified run, you know, whipping the ball out? Uh, one yard down the field or two yards behind the line of scrimmage and seeing if they can make a play. So I think it's good. it's a really good matchup. It definitely will be a chess match. You know, we leave Frank Reich, we go right to Harbaugh and there's no drop, uh, there's no drop off. He's got experience. Um, you know, I think they're a motivated team. They're flying high on Lamar's great performance uh, in the win. And uh, I, my money's on Buffalo because of the same reasons, but I feel like we have, I think we have more weapons.
1: Okay. And then and, and that's how I feel, you know, in the same sense. I just feel, although they do have, you know, Marcus Peters and first, like I said, their cornerback their duo is is a very, very above average. So it's a very good duo when you're looking at, you know, trying to shut down our top two, or maybe if they throw one in a slide or whatever they decide to do. Um, but I agree. What do you think, EJ, when it comes to, you know, basically the same question, we got those weapons. What do you, what do you look at? or look forward to in this chess match this weekend?
5: Um, Actually, but, uh, before we got on, I was uh, researching, you know, how efficient the Bills um, passing attack was. And the Bills have the fourth most efficient passing attack in the NFL right now. Um, similarly, the Ravens have the seventh best coverage unit in the NFL also. So I said that I think this matchup is going to be an even matchup. And like you said, it's going to be literally a chess match. Like, you guys mentioned Marlon Humphrey. He has 300 plus snaps at outside corner and inside corner. So he'll be covering Diggs, and he'll be covering, you know, Cole Beasley. So how's that matchup going to play out? I think this is the best coverage union that the bills have faced all season in terms of just like pure talent. So, but not only do they have talent, they have the production on the field to, to back up the talent that they have. And then, Like uh, John mentioned, you know, you got Marcus Peters, you know, he has the most interceptions for touchdowns, you know, since he's been in the league. So Josh is going to have to be on his P's and Q's. I mean, the one, just to go to Josh for a second, the one issue that I have with Josh is that sometimes his decision-making still isn't there. So when you got a corner out there like Marcus Peters, you know, who doesn't always stay disciplined to his assignment, but he gets picks off that, you know, you're going to have to be cognizant of their coverage unit almost on every play that you drop back to pass with the frequency that the Bills – past
1: yeah well the only part i'll challenge on, because you you said a whole lot that that i agree with mm. um i do think the narrative of josh's decision making is a little bit overblown um this year I, th- I feel that because of like last year in the playoffs with what happened to, with the texans and even last week with the the fumble that could have turned into a turnover against the colts i think a lot of times when when the plays go that way then we say, Oh, Josh has bad decision-making. He's not a good decision-maker, but literally every single game, every week he makes those plays, but he turns them into great plays. So when he, when he turns them into a positive, so instead of getting sacked as a seven yard gain or a first down, we're like, man, Josh Allen is the best thing we've seen in Buffalo since, you know, since the Buffalo wing was created. So what I'm saying is I agree with you that, you know, we have those issues. I just don't know if I really would would say that his decision-making at times is, is lacking in the area I think his decision making is the same every single game he's a gamer he's a winner he wants to get every yard he can he wants to get every touchdown that he can I just think that sometimes the ball bounces the other way what do you think about that and then we can follow up with John with the same you know just with the thought process
5: I guess I should have been more specific. I guess my issue lies with his late game decision-making. So you just brought up the play that I was actually going to bring up too. You know, it's the play where, you know, he's trying to stiff arm a defensive lineman and then he's trying to stiff arm someone else and he gets sacked and then he fumbles the ball. It's like, that's the same, that's the similar play he made last year against the Texans, you know, that, you know, essentially cost him the game with the Dawson Knox you know, he tried to fumble, uh, pitch it back to him. You know, and these are the type of decisions. These are the type of decisions that he makes that is going to be tough to overcome in a playoff game against a great defense like the Ravens. Uh-huh. And so, again, I agree with you on a, certain, on a point where you were saying that um, he doesn't do it all season. I agree; he doesn't. He hasn't been doing it all season. He hasn't been doing it all game. But it's specifically the late game, you know, decision making that I think needs to be more. He needs to be more keen on against this team.
4: Okay, what do you think about that, John? uh i i run the middle between you both Uh, what made josh allen make fewer poor decisions better supporting cast so um you see less and less of it but then i i mean you guys maybe you're old enough to remember i remember a guy used to do some things i'd scratch my head and say this ain't high school son and his name was brett Favre. uh and and we don't ever look back on brett Favre and say Wow, what an incredible guy. But, geez, he made some bad decisions at the end of the game. So, you know, you see the development of Josh trusting his supporting cast a lot better. And just kind of reflecting back on the last question with the with the corners, I think the, the room is in the middle of the field. If we can take the top off on the outside and expose the middle on a seam with a crossing or a post or a tight end from the backside, those are the kinds of things where I think we can hurt them. And Josh, uh, maybe his decision making, you could call into the question into question on occasion, but he's made some throws in critical pass coverage, very tight pass coverage, that are nothing short of extraordinary. Um, so uh, there's my middle of the road answer.
1: Well, I mean, to your point, the, the two throws to Gabriel Davis last Saturday um, to the sideline, those were plays that... Just honestly, I've only seen maybe like Aaron Rodgers make. I've seen maybe Mahomes. And to your point, a couple times years back, some Brett Favre throws. But then we've also seen some Brett Favre throws that turn into interceptions, to your point. uh, So, but you also made you made mention earlier of the running game. And that was actually my next question as well. Last season, when we played the Baltimore Ravens, and I know it's completely different teams. You know, the Bills offense looks completely different than we did last season. And I think in part, that's the reason we lost the game. Cause I do think that the defensive game plan was good enough to beat the Ravens last year. But with that being said, Devin Singletary had a huge part in our offense last year. Um, what do you, do you think we have to establish that run game this year around again? Or do you think we just uh, like Bill's mafia once like, Hey, no, let's keep it pedal to the metal. Josh has gotten <laughs> us here. Let's ride this thing all the way to Tampa.
4: Yeah, I'll take that first. I think that the expression Needs to be changed a little bit. So we always talk about historically establishing the rushing game. You know, Marv Levy said, you want to win the football game, have a hundred yard rusher, keep them from a hundred and have fewer turnovers. And I think maybe we can modify that. Now let's not talk about establishing the run game, but when you need it, when you need a four minute drive, when you need, uh, like in the last game when Devin ripped off that, I think, 11-yard run or what have you, I think Zach Moss uh, ripped one off too. In key moments, when you go to the run, it needs to be successful. People are throwing stones a little bit at Dable for a couple of those series where three and out were all runs and Josh ran the ball a little bit more. Um, I'm not a huge fan of quarterback-designed runs, Um especially when, you know, we are riding on the arm of this guy. Uh, You might look at it differently with Baltimore and saying that's really a bigger weapon for um, their quarterback. However, I'm not going to be one of those guys that discounts his throwing ability because anybody on any given day can really just hit a groove. and, And if we're not sound, that would be a concern.
1: I agree. I agree. Um, what do you what do you think about the Because first? Well, before I ask you, E.J., my thing about and I'm sure you've seen E.J., I'm sure you've seen me tweet this. I, I get into debates with Bill's Mafia a lot because what I say is we do need a running game. I don't mm-hmm. think that it needs to be the focal point of our of our offense, kind of to John's point there. I just think that we have to have the ability to when we feel like it or when we need to, I should say, um, because, Granted, we haven't really faced a team yet this year that's been able to stop Josh when they felt like it. But what if we do run into a team where either Josh isn't playing well this week, or they can actually stop the passing attack? If we have, if we don't have the ability to run the ball, that's going to spell problems for us. What do you think about, you know, first what John said, and then my follow up to that?
5: Yeah, with John's answer, he sounded just like a PFF analyst. I mean, <laughs>
1: he couldn't have been,
5: <laughs> he couldn't have been more spot on. I mean the running game that's one of the things that i have learned you know working for pff the running game has its place i mean in today's nfl your efficiency in a passing game and i hate to say it like this but it, it's all that matters you know like you said you've been riding josh's arm all season and so i think they need to continue to do that but to both of you guys' point they have to have moments when they go to the run game where they can get at least you know 3 4 yards a crack and they haven't been doing that and one thing i want to point out is that the Bills, at the the first five games of the season, the Bills were the highest-graded zone-running team. Now, obviously, that's on less attempts because they weren't running like that. But that tells me that the Bills can run, but they don't run. There's many times where Dable, you know, caused those design screens to Stephon Diggs or Gabriel Davis in, in place of the run game. And I think this week, since they're playing such a great coverage team, they may have to rely a little bit more on the run. They may have to go to it a little bit more so – As John said, and as you also said, I do think the running game, you know, has its place. But if they can, you know, find a way to take advantage of um, the Ravens in the passing game, they need to do so.
1: Amen. You you brought up a good point about that. So last season, the Buffalo Bills ran a lot of zone running, Mm -hmm. you know, like that's how Devin Singletary, at least. I might be wrong watching film. I'm not uh, a NFL player or a PFF analyst, but when I watch it, it looks like zone runs, and it looks like that's when Devin Singletary was able to to really hit hit that line and, and just do what he was supposed to do, and, and that's when he was successful. Um, speaking of the run game, we just got an update earlier today or last night that – oh, I'm sorry, John, you had something?
4: No, no, I, this is what I was waiting for because this is uh, – you're going to tell me who's uh, who's backing up or uh, Devin. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So,
1: and I like to call him Coach McDiddy on this show because I just I feel like he that cool, and I love him, so I give him a nickname. So, Coach McDermott, my man, Coach McDiddy, told us today that uh, T.J. Yeldon is actually going to be active for the playoff game as opposed to the newly signed Devonte Freeman. What do you think? And we'll start with John here. What do you think that the his skill set brings uh, to the or what led to this decision to start him over Freeman?
4: <clears throat> well, I think that. Um... That's a hard place to be if you're going to start somebody that you just signed over a guy that's been, you mm-hmm. know, working his butt off day in and day out uh, over the course of this season. Uh, so I I think they're, they're a little bit more in tune with the offensive line. You know, something that maybe PFF folks don't understand or Bill's Mafia, um, you know, I look at the game when I watch it as sort of like an offensive line analyst. And when I was coaching in high school, I would talk to the running backs. And, you know, when you talk about a zone play moving one direction or another, you look at the alignments of the defensive front and you can kind of tell where there's naturally going to be a stop and where naturally a crease might form. And you might know whether or not Feliciano or Booker is going to do a little bit better against this three technique or if it's a one technique. So I, I just... You know, I kind of go back to that. You know, we talked a lot about that in Buffalo with Elijah Pitts. Um, when you know, when I talked to him, that's kind of where I learned it from him. Is looking at those front four defensive alignments to help you and knowing your players and their strengths. You know, where zone plays would break. So, I think you'd I think it'd be um, disheartening for Yeldon. I think he's got the skill set. I don't know that um, you know he's ever really well. He may have had the chance in the past, but maybe he wants to to rise and ride that wave that that um, that's carrying a lot of guys right now. And I think we could see a special performance out of him.
1: The thing I like the most before before I you know move on to EJ here, the thing I like about him is that he brings something that I feel like the Bills have lacked out of the backfield. Even though, although I, I do think that Motor and Moss both can can catch the ball well out of the backfield, I don't think it's been too much of a a weapon that we've really used consistently throughout the season. Like I would have liked us to. And I think TJ Yeldon, he just brings that element. He's, he's the receiving back. When he was down in Jacksonville, that really was his, that that was his role. He would basically get four or five catches a game, you know, and you could kind of hope for him to typically 30 yards a game, 40 yards a game through the air. He might give you five carries, but you know, you would hope that one of those catches were for like 30 yards or for you know, but that was his role. So, I'm hoping that, you know, the screen game or or just anything out of the backfield. What do you think is going to happen with T.J. Yeldon this weekend, E.J.?
5: Um, I think he's going to be an integral part of the uh, Bills' run game. Um, he's going to definitely add something that um, Zach Moss had actually brought this season in which I said was pass protection. And with as much as the Bills, you know, pass the ball, having that running back that's going to get that linebacker that comes because, you know, the Ravens, they blitz 30% of the time. So, I mean, obviously you're going to need a back that's going to be able to pick up that linebacker. So TJ Yeldner actually right now, granted, it's on limited snaps. He's the Bills' best run, best running back pass blocker. And uh, he's given up the least amount of pressures this year. Like I said, it's on limited snaps, but the, the snaps that he did play, he was really good at pass protection. And then like you uh, mentioned also, he's a great, you know, pass catcher out of the backfield. And that's also, you know, very integral. Even though Josh has the lowest check down percentage of any quarterback you know, in the league right now. But I think, you know, he can utilize TJ L where he'll have an impact on this game.
1: Well, so with the running game and the passing game, like the way we're talking about it now, I kind of, I didn't um, have this question prepped, but it it actually seems fitting, especially having, you know, a legendary lineman in this, you know, in this interview with us. Um, Our offensive line has seemed to gel, so well since I want to give the credit to the return of John Feliciano but at whatever point you want to pinpoint for the season it looks like our offensive line is just gelled and it, it looks so great sometimes where to the point where John Josh Allen will be standing back there and I almost feel like he could go and make me lunch and then come back and still complete the pass what do you how important is it first John Feliciano how important is he to this line and then do you do you see with the thirty percent blitzing that we that we get from the this Ravens team do you think that our liner will be able to handle this or is this something that is a, a really a, a huge concern for you?
4: <clears throat> well let, let's start at the end rather than the beginning uh and I think um, I think EJ can tell you that uh, Josh Allen and his receivers have exposed the blitz uh, as well or better than anyone else in the league throughout mm-hmm. the season. I still think that's part of the Ravens' DNA, and they'll bring, bring it regardless of what the stats say. But again, oftentimes, it's not always about picking up the blitz. It's about the game plan when the blitz happens. So it's those adjustments. Sometimes you don't block a guy, but the ball comes out fast enough. That happens every week. You see it all the time. A guy will come free untouched, but the ball's a second gone. The um, the impact of Feliciano and continuity in the offensive line is obvious. But I think the maybe the unheralded concept, and this is guesstimation on my point, is Feliciano is a vocal leader, and he's an on-the-field kind of a SOB. And that has sort of built the confidence in the tackles and guards. And you see Williams and Dawkins playing fantastic football with a little bit of swagger. So a guy like that, coupled with the continuity and the success and the fact that they keep it light, um, has really put them in a position to protect the quarterback really well. And if the game planning against what we think will will be pressure, um, the ball will come out. And that, that to me... When the blitz comes, the ball has to come out. You cannot always rely. A lot of times, if you look, sometimes a guy comes off the edge and he's unblocked, and people always say it's a mistake by the offensive line. 90% of the time, that's a mistake by the quarterback. He needs to know where the unblocked guy is. And as a rule for the offensive line, you block from the inside out. You know, the shortest distance to somewhere is a straight line. You take the inside guy rather than the guy off the edge. Uh, I'm optimistic about their... Ability to expose uh, pressure.
1: Okay. I, I mean, and I'm optimistic just because, like you just to mention, like I said, they jailed so well. And uh, you know, at the beginning of the season, I remember it being a headache for Bills Mafia. It was like, you know, we had Brian Winters in there. We had, you know, we were pretty much shuffling throughout the, you know, first part of the season due to injuries or due to, you know, Quentin Spain had some issues where he didn't want to be with the team or the team did whatever happened there. You know, so we had these these issues, but now they've gel. So from a PFF perspective, I'm not sure if you, but like I said, this question wasn't prepared, so I know you didn't get a chance to prepare for this, um, but. Have you? What are the numbers telling you as far as you know? What what changed other than just Feliciano coming back from the beginning of the season until now? Because something clearly has. So it's funny that you guys
5: uh you asked me this question because my jo- my job as a data collector is to look at all of the pass blocking snaps for the Bills after the game. So I kind of been looking at the Bills O line all year. So um, I would say. Honestly, if I was to say what the biggest reason, and John, I want you to tell me if I'm right or wrong. I would say number one, like John mentioned, the tackle play from Daryl Williams and Don, uh, Deion Dawkins has just been outstanding. They're both pass blocking at an above average level. I, uh, I've, we know that offensive tackle is the most important, you know, tackle position essentially besides center. But offensive tackles are pretty much the most important tackle spot, and the Bills are getting above average blocking at both spots by Dawkins and you know, Williams also. And I was telling Greg Tom said this, and I've been telling them this all year. Um, people bang on Brian winners and Ike Bodecker all the time for, you know, how bad they are. But I was telling him that you guys, we should look at the offensive line as a unit, instead of just individual pieces, because they are like John said, Feliciano has kind of given them that swagger. And you can tell by the way they pass block up front, because they've been pass blocking more continuously, like they're pass blocking together with the guard, the center and the uh, other guard and that's been better. So, while Brian Winners and Ike Bodiger aren't the best guards individually, they're doing enough collectively as a line to be good and give Josh the pass blocking he needs. The Bills are the 7th best pass blocking team in the league right now. You know, so mm-hmm. it's obviously showing, you know, the 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 um the effect that, you know, John Feliciano is having. I mean, I think it's also Uh, things that they have mitch morris consistently throughout the year obviously he missed a couple games with those concussions but you know mitch morris i had scouted him for school and he's like one of the best centers i've ever seen in terms of like movement in terms of smarts making checks making line calls you know he's one of the best centers i've ever seen at that Now that may be a lot but that's what i personally you know think about mitch morris so they have a lot of good linemen at key spots you know and they've been playing consistent all year
1: OK, a quick a quick switch up, too, because and, and we'll get right back to the, the Baltimore Ravens and Bills matchup. You know, I just have a couple more questions for you guys. But but, John, one another question around the league that I I don't hear a lot of people really talking about because of um, the fact that Aaron Rodgers is just a phenomenal talent. You know, he he he's clearly the MVP this year. I know, you know, in, in Buffalo, we all love Josh and he he had an MVP caliber season. I'm not taking anything from him. But Aaron Rodgers just was was otherworldly this year he lost his starting tackle a week before the playoffs started to a season-ending ACL tear I don't know if you've gotten a chance to really watch a ton of Green Bay or if you you know but how how important or how serious of an injury is that or do you think that Aaron's MVP season you know like this this year that he's having do you think he can just overcome that and still make their way to Tampa
4: well, honestly, it's hard for me to assess because I, I I have not followed the Packers. I find it hard to watch them. I just have zero love for the those colors and that team and all of it. I mean, the only uh, the only couple of things that I've ever liked about the Green Bay Packers is they had a kid from Tucson, Arizona, out of Stanford, who's now playing for the Giants, and Elijah Pitts played for Green Bay. So beyond that, it's hard. It's hard to really even watch them. How good is the backup? I don't know, but there are a lot of times when a guy laying in wait is um, nearly as good as the guy in front of him. Obviously, if they don't think so, they're going to have to adjust the game plan a little bit to protect him. line a tight end over there, do some chipping. Um, Clearly, you know, what weighs into the argument of, of uh, MVP of the season, who knows, but, uh, I would say that Josh Allen is certainly the the front runner for AFC Offensive Player of the Year if they have that. I don't I don't follow accolades like that, and I don't think most guys do, um, especially when you're a lineman, because there's only one accolade that we're going for. We got one now. We want the second one, you know, we or the third. Sorry, we want to be both the AFC champions and the Super Bowl champions.
1: Well, it looks like to um I know you mentioned the the backup situation. It looks like actually the offensive tackle who started last Saturday for the Colts now signed with the Packers to take that role. It's making um, history. So, yeah, that that's I've never heard of anything like that. So, um he lost last weekend in the AFC Wild Card round and now he's playing in the Divisional Card or the Divisional Round with the Green Bay Packers this week.
4: It, who was it? Jared Valdir. Yeah. Oh, Valdir. Yeah, I watched him a little bit in the game. He's solid. Um you know, just kind of—it's—it's it's a good match for them. I don't think their offenses are terribly different. I think uh, I think Rogers is a different guy than uh, than um, number seventeen there for in Indy, but um, you know, I think as far as trans translation to type of offense, type of mentality, I think it's a good fit.
1: All right, so so back to the—I just had to because I, you know. I, I know you have no love for them. I don't really either, but I'm I am a Aaron Rodgers fan. I, I have to you know, I think to me, he's the best quarterback I've ever seen play the game of football. Um and I've seen, you know, I'm old enough to to watch all of the the film for everybody now and and we've seen greats. you know, I've seen I've seen obviously Tom Brady twice a year in our division. I've gotten a chance to see Peyton Manning. I lived in Indianapolis for some time and I've gotten a chance to see him in person. And uh, but but seriously, just just some of the throws and the decision making and, and the arm talent that Aaron Rodgers has. I just I've never seen somebody like now Josh reminds me a ton of him there are and I'm not saying like every single play Josh is Aaron what I'm saying is every once in a while he'll make for instance the two throws to Gabriel Davis last week I haven't seen many quarterbacks make that throw but Aaron Rodgers and maybe you know a couple others but back to the game since we're talking quarterbacks now I, I asked you earlier about the Ravens defense but now Lamar Jackson presents some very very difficult challenges for our defense and it's it's um you know every week analysts coaches Coordinators, they're trying to figure out a way to contain or to stop this guy. Uh, we can start with EJ here, and then we'll end up with John on this one. Last season, the Bills had a pretty good defensive game plan for what Lamar Jackson and the Ravens brought into Western New York. A big part of that was Feliciano. Not, Fel- I'm sorry, I'm, I'm, Feliciano's my guy. A big part of that was Matt Milano, and then um, obviously we had some players who are no longer with the Bills. So Shaq Lawson had a good day. Um, Jordan Phillips had a decent day what do you think we have to do this time around to either duplicate that type of defensive production or just really what do we have to do to contain him enough to to win
5: uh, like you said man <clears throat> stopping Lamar Jackson is tough like I told you off air I mean teams scouting report you know before this season was you know try to get him to be a passer as much as you possibly can but like I share with you I know since week 13 he's had to He's been the 10th most efficient passer in the NFL. So, you know, we already know what he can do with his legs, you know, and that's one of the the keys right there. You got to limit those plays of where, you know, it's like third and two and he can get 20 yards with his legs. I know that's easier said than done, but, you know, we're going to need to see a lot of Tremaine Edmonds, you know, spying Lamar. He's one of the fastest linebackers, sideline to sideline in the league. I mean, obviously he isn't as fast as Lamar, but if it's going to be somebody that's going to be able to be comparable to his speed to stop him. I mean he's going to have to do it. And uh, one of the alarming stats that I looked at today is like the Bills are the 18th best tackling team in the league and so they're going to have to be sure tacklers this this um this Saturday coming up um last week Against the Colts, they really it really alarmed me of, of their tackling in the run game. But this week they're gonna they're gonna have to have their best tackling game of the year. I mean, which is with the amount that the Ravens run, with the amount of read option that they run in, and with the amount of you know, off script running that Lamar can do, you know, they're gonna have to be sure tacklers. So to answer your question specifically, they're gonna have to be disciplined. Um, The ends are going to have to be disciplined. You know, Tremaine Edmonds is going to have a great game, specifically, and Milano for that matter. And they're going to have to limit those runs where Lamar gets 20 to 30 yards, you know, just by just off script running. They're going to have to limit that to stop him.
1: All right. And, John, uh, you know, just same question. I I know, you know, we're in and up here. But like I said, you know, Lamar, he doesn't scare me, but he scares me, if that makes sense.
4: Well, You know, a lot of this is mental toughness. If you go into that game thinking that you're going to keep Lamar Jackson from any run over four yards, uh-huh. you're kidding yourself. It, he's going to break them, and he's going to he's going it's going to hurt, and he's going to do it a couple times. Uh, keep it under five. Keep it under four, but be realistic. And I agree 100 percent with EJ. Um, Tremaine Edmonds has to come up big, but I look at our game, the front four to me. One thing that I've I've been talking to my son about, and he's he's an offensive lineman at UCLA as a freshman. He hasn't played the game yet, but I asked him, you know, about preparation and kind of a leading question. How would you like to prepare for a game and know that you're going to see three different guys line up across from you 30 plays each or 25 plays each? And that's a, a nightmare. So I love what the Bills have done with their defensive linemen, with rotating them. Everybody is getting 20-plus snaps a game. However, the caveat, we need some more production out of them. Mm -hmm. Um, I think they've been solid, but they haven't come free. I want to see one of those, you know, Bruce Smith celebratory dances after a tackle for a loss or after, you know, an eight-yard sack or something like that. We got to get guys free up front, and that will impact the game for our defense because – Lamar when people are covered like we expect our secondary to do he's gonna break free and if we just think one guy named Tremaine Edmonds is gonna track him the entire game it's gonna be rough so the defensive front has got to come up big
1: all right well let's end it out here uh let me get your predictions let's get some score predictions and then uh I'll give you both a a quick moment to kind of let people know where to find you and and where to find your work. I know John doesn't necessarily have work to present. Um, He presented it back in the nineties when he took us to the Super Bowl a couple of times. So we'll start with EJ and PFF Buffalo.
5: Yep. So you can find me personally at E Daniel 77. That's my personal handle. And then you can also find the PFF bills page. That's what it is. PFF underscore bills and find all our stats and grades and great Josh Allen stats there.
4: All right, perfect. Now, uh, Mr. John? Which, wait, what's your prediction, EJ?
5: Oh, my, I'm sorry. My prediction is I'm going to go 27-24 Buffalo.
4: Interesting. Hey. Uh, I called the last game wrong. I had Buffalo with two more touchdowns and Indy with one more field goal. So I was at 38-24. Um, you can find me on Twitter, I think. I don't know. I'm terrible at this crap. Um, <laughs> EJ, I think I'm following you now. Spence, I I, I don't know. Um, you are. <laughs> it's, it's, it's my personal <laughs> play- playground. Um, I don't know what the blue check means. Does that mean there's a check in the mail? I'm looking, forget it. I ain't interested. Just having fun here, guys. Um, I see this as, um, geez, you know, I, I think after last week, Josh, there's a little bit more to Josh that we're going to see. I'm going with, um, 35, 24 Buffalo bills.
1: Nice. Right. Nice. I, I call it 28 to 21, but the closer we get to the game and the more, you know, I've been watching some, some, some Ravens film throughout the season. And I know they had some weeks there where they had some COVID issues. They had probably the biggest outbreak in the league. So I know they were missing some players here and there, but you know, as good as their defense is, I just think our offense is better. So I'm, I'm actually going to switch that up and I'm going to go 34 or 35 to 21. I'm going to kind of match or be very close to John's prediction here. And I think, I think it's over, man. We're going to win. Go Bills.
4: Go Bills! Go Bills, baby! Bills Mafia. Yes, sir. All right.
1: Well, I appreciate both you gentlemen joining me. This uh, this episode has been fun for me. I I, I cannot wait for for the game.
4: Love nice. it. Thanks, Thanks for you. having me, guys. Nice to meet All
1: you. All right. Gentlemen. Y'all already know how I do. This is the code of conduct. This is your boy Jay Spence. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Spence the King. You can find my podcast, Code of Conduct, on Buffalo Rumbling Sports Network. And hey, we're going to do the damn thing. Y'all love each other. Live in peace. Take care of each other. Stay positive and test negative. Code Let's get of it. Conduct.